ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports, maybe the best segment ever. I'm about to do it because I have, you know, it, it's it's time for some fullback appreciation. Fullbacks don't get enough love. I got a couple of guys who had some great careers. Uh, one played for a decade in the NFL. Another was a, a multi-time pro bowler, and they seem to always following one another's paths. I have on the line with me right now, former St. Brown Cardinal Lions fullback, Arizona State alum Terrell Smith, and I have former Saints and Rams fullback Mike Carney, also an alum of Arizona State. Guys, really appreciate you coming on with me. How are you guys doing? Well, absolutely doing good. great. Doing, yeah, doing good, Scott. Thanks for having us on, man. Well, first off, I, I feel like you guys haven't talked to each other in a while, so do y'all want to catch up here on the air for a minute? <laughs> yeah. Nothing but love for Keith Smith, man. I love I love hey. the guy. He, 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 I followed him out of high school to Arizona State, from Arizona State to, to New Orleans. He left some big, big shoes to fill at, at both at both spots, uh, Arizona State and New Orleans. So much appreciation, much love for him. I really appreciate it. And I, I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, Mike, um, I just worked hard, man. And guys like you, I wanted to show this is how it's supposed to be done. And if you do it this way, you'll last a long time. And I think you did one hell of a job as a fullback. And not only as a blocking fullback, but Mike also caught the ball quite a bit. And, <laughs> you know, that was something that, to, you know, to have, a, what was that, three touchdowns in one game? I think I had that uh, in a, a decade of my career. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you, you you took the bar and set it even higher, Brother Mike. Oh, man, no. Yeah. It's guys like you, though. It's salute to you, man. Yeah, Terrell, I'm yeah. glad you brought that up because last time I talked to Mike, I said, you ever get you ever get tired of being asked about the Dallas game? And he said, uh, hell no. <laughs> I love being asked about that game. <laughs> Yeah, big time, man. I mean, it was just just when he came to Arizona State and I was leaving out, I told him it was big shoes to fill from what I had to fill with Jeff Polk, uh, Ryan Wood. Uh, you know, Ryan Wood became like the uh, owner of Under Armour, and, and he just done great. And I haven't seen him since uh, a party at the Playboy Mansion in maybe 06, 07. <laughs> <laughs> and he was doing it big. And then Jeff Polk, he, had, he was a huge guy. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't for his injuries, he would have had an outstanding career in the NFL as well. So it was just uh, I had a lot of shoes to fill, and then I set the bar for Mike, and Mike came in and did it and did it the way he wanted to. And then I go to the NFL, to the Saints, and then they didn't know how to pay me, to be honest with you. And nope. Mike came in <laughs> right behind me. There's another situation. Yep. So that, that meant a lot to me, actually. And I never got a chance to tell you, Mike, but it really did, man. No, I appreciate it. There's a lot of connections, Scott, between 
Terrell and I, you know, we, we were kind of, we played for maybe been recruited by the same, by the same coaches at Arizona state. Right. I mean, Dan Cazetto was a guy that, that yeah. recruited me out of, out of my home state. And all, all he did was talk about Terrell. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, here we go. You know, there's the bar and I got to come yeah. in and get it done. But, uh, I was proud to be able to be able to to, uh, to, to do it the right way. Good stuff, Mike Carney and Terrell Smith are our guest, and uh, you know, then as you guys mentioned, you're both with the Saints, wearing number forty four, and um, you know, Mike replaces Terrell. You guys, as you mentioned, you were always connected in a weird way, always kind of following yeah. one after the other. But having both played for the Saints, now Terrell, you were only there uh, under Haslett, and and Mike, you got Haslett, and then you got. Uh, Sean Payton as well, but uh, Terrell, I'm going to ask you if you don't mind to because to, I love the story, uh, and then Mike, you can follow with your own draft story. But Terrell, tell our audience and Mike about the when when you got the call and, and how you were drafted by the Saints. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, you know I was I was always a emotional player. I think my talent maybe was more angry i was an angry player and that was my talent is just let him go it's like he's gonna go hunt for any linebacker he can and when i met dave atkins during the draft week uh we talked and talked and it led up to so many meetings and uh and he was our coach a running back coach at the time and he said i just got the job with the saints and i'm looking for uh, uh hired trained bloodhound dogs and uh, in, in, the, in the better words to use, and I uh, said, just give me the job. Just teach me technique. And I already have the, you know, the bloodhound in me and the pit bull in me. And so the draft goes on, and I'm just, like, not understanding why no one has called my number yet. And I'm just frustrated. So, uh, you know, the night ends, day one ends, and, you know, I just go out to the – a bar and with my brother and pretty much got hammered, man. And that night I contacted the Saints facility and left Jim Hazlitt and Dave Atkins a message. And it was, um, I thought it was a welcoming message, but they said it was a little scary. <laughs> but uh, at the time, before I could even wake and realize that the draft is on, they had already drafted me. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it was a long night, and they ended up drafting me the very first pick of the next day. And I just couldn't believe it that I don't know if it worked. My message that I left, it, it was worked. probably about a 25 to 35-minute message of me just yelling <laughs> and going crazy. And, uh, yes, that is what happened, and they drafted me. Like I say, I always toot my horn. I was 100 and three picks ahead of Tom Brady, and it feels so good, man. <laughs> Terrell, Terrell yeah, leaves a drunk message, a drunk message for the Dang. Saints that worked. Uh, Jim, yeah. Jim Haslam must have loved that. He's like, this guy's nasty, man. We got we got to get this guy as our fullback. And right out the gate as a rookie, I mean, you're starting. So, it, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, invi- I'm not advising drunk texting or calling, but, you know, here is a, here is a, a case study of when it, it happened to work for Terrell Smith. <laughs> man, and it was it was something. You know, it has to call me that day and said, man, that's why I knew you were a guy that we wanted to set the yeah, bar with. There it is. Because you were a guy who cared. And when a guy who cares with the passion to leave us a 45-minute message yelling <laughs> and we don't even understand half of the stuff you're saying, um, 
you're the guy for the job. <laughs> well, well, Mike, I, you know, uh, that's so true. Terrell Smith and Mike Carney, our guests, two former fullbacks. Mike, I don't know that your um, your draft story is is quite you know quite. Uh, it's it's not like that no, one, is it? Not, not not even close. Not even close. So, <laughs> I, I, I was I, I was just hoping to get drafted, you know, that in '04. But I, I knew I knew that that Terrell had signed with Cleveland as a free agent, right? I think Terrell right right before the draft or. Or whatnot. Yeah. And I think they were kind of they were trying to figure out if they were going to resign you or not, and then you went on to Cleveland, and so that kind of opened yeah. the spot. And he mentioned Dave Atkins. Well, Dave Atkins was my running backs coach uh, my rookie year, and Dave was the same thing. Dave, Dave was calling me all leading up in the draft, saying, "Hey, you, you know, we need we need a new guy. We think you, you know, we think you're the guy." Blah blah blah. And Dave was a guy that came in in 2000, my freshman year, my true freshman year. And was watching tape. I think of a couple of running backs we had. I think we had Delvon Flowers, Devon Hightower. He was mm-hmm. trying to do some scouting, and he saw this forty-six playing fullback, and he's like, "Hey, who is this guy?" And he, he went to the coach, and he goes, "Hey, that guy's only a freshman." So Dave had finally had finally get, he he had called me to lead up the draft, saying, "I've been been watching you since two thousand, man, and, and uh, I want you bad." But I, I was a I was a I didn't leave no drunk text or message. I just kind of sat back, let the but I never heard from anybody from the Saints uh, prior to that. You know, I just got calls from Dave, and Dave's like, I want to call on. And for what Dave said was, he, you know, he got up on the chair and kind of pitched, pitched, uh, pitched, uh, drafted me to, to, to the, the whole organization, the Jim Hazlitt. But, uh, yeah, no, n- nothing close to Terrell. Terrell, I, I heard nothing but stories about Terrell from Arizona State and when I was in New Orleans. I, I told guys. If you're looking at me for me to be some crazy loud guy, that's just not my thing. You know, I, I play crazy, I play loud with my pads, but I usually kept my mouth shut and just I didn't talk to anybody unless they talked to me. But, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny how it's funny how how the how how it all kind of came together. But here it is, uh, um, you know, a guy that recruited me, Dan Gazzetto. I think Terrell, you, correct me if I'm wrong. You you went from linebacker to fullback at Arizona State, and yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Dan Cazetto, oh, yeah. Um he came up my my freshman year in '99, or excuse me, my my junior year in high school in '99, uh, before my senior year, and he, he all he did was talk about Terrell and Jeff Polk. But and then here it was, getting ready for the draft. I'm getting a call from Dave Atkins to go. We need you to be the next Terrell Smith. I'm like, well, listen, I'm not going to try and be the next Terrell. <laughs> I'll, I'll come in and try to do my best, but I, I'll, uh, I'm pretty confident I can come do it. You know, whatever. But uh, yeah, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely, that's classic. I, I never knew that story. Hey, and, and, and Mike, um, you know, Dave called me when I was uh, I just had signed with Cleveland. He said, "Terrell, I, I got to find something to replace you. I want me to go look at somebody." And I was like, "Well, did you check Mike Carney?" And he was like, "That's who's on my list. I'm going to go see him. <laughs> I'm going upstairs right now." <laughs> and you know what's crazy? I probably can't remember what I ate for breakfast 20 minutes ago. But I remember certain things like this because it was like I cared, Mike. I cared about yeah, um, how you came out of ASU and represented what we stood for. When you play with guys like Pat Tillman, when you play with guys like – because I had backed Pat Tillman up for so long, you know, and I said, you know, I can't be Pat. And just, just like how you said, Mike, I can't be Terrell. You're your own self. So it's like that's what's yeah. so unique about football, about sports, is the brotherhood that you have in just weird kind of ways. 
You know, I couldn't beat Pat Tillman, but if I go on offense, I can be the best fullback I can be. And that's exactly what happened. Then I move on, and they ask me questions about Carney, and I'm like, this kid, this kid's lifting weights and moving, running with cars on his back in high school. These are the type <laughs> of guys you need at the position. And then yeah. I came and did it the way you needed to do it, and that's what's so amazing, and that's why it gives me chills to do interviews like this and, you know, look back. Because, I, man, I, like I said, man, I wish I could talk to everybody, see everybody every week, every day, and I'm just – thankful and blessed to have had these memories and stuff but you know nowadays that we're getting older and a lot of times i forget a lot of this stuff man but man you just bringing back some great memories man i'm gonna be cherishing this all week awesome stuff man uh this is the great scott show i'm scott prather espn lafayette we're visiting with former nfl fullbacks terrell smith and mike carney many of you know them from their days with the saints but also played at Arizona State, played for a number of teams. They've been on this show before individually, but I th- I figured, you know what, summertime, perfect time to get these guys on, reminisce a little bit. And, you know, I want to pick you guys' brains about the fullback position and where it is in a little while, but before we do that, um, as far as the Saints go, you know, I know that, that neither of you were part of that Super Bowl team, but prior to the Super Bowl, you each were part of two of the the – Really, I, two of my favorite seasons in, in Saints history, aside from 09, is 2000 is mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorite Saints seasons because there were the expectation with respect to Terrell heading into that season was so low around the league. Ditka did a, a, a poor job. They had only 17 players that were on the team in 99 that were on the team in 2000. So it was, it was just a whole new era. But nobody was expecting yeah. you guys to do anything. You, right out the gate, yeah. you were a big part of it, but you – you guys win the first playoff game ever in in in, mm-hmm. in franchise history. I was there. It was it was crazy. It was nail biting. I mean, that was nail biting. You could hear a pin drop when the Rams started coming back, but uh, luckily your boy yeah. Brian Milne jumped on the ball and and then Mike, you're part of that 06 team that was different than 2000 element of Katrina, but similar in that nobody was expecting a lot. And you guys, I always tell like you know I talk to sports fans all the time. I'm like, look, as a fan. The most fun season you can have is a championship season, but the second to most fun is when it's a team that that surpasses, I guess, what the the public perceives as the expectation. It might be very different in the locker room. And Mike, you were part of the the dome coming, right? The return of the dome. So, yeah. you know, I I would imagine that for you guys, Terrell, I'll let you go first, but I don't know if that's the number one memory in your mind. But what what do you each remember most about? playing for the Saints. Throw, I'll let you go first and then we'll, we'll, we'll you know, Mike can follow you up like he's done his whole life pretty much. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, um, my, my greatest memory is like um, when I, when I left from linebacker ASU to fullback at um, Arizona State, I had contact Sammy Knight. Sammy Knight was already on the, uh, on the Saints. He was undrafted. He was he just blew up when he got there. Mm-hmm. But me, a lot of folks didn't know. Me and Sammy Knight, Kyle Turley, we all grew up together. We're all from the same. Me and Sammy Knight went to high school together. We grew, I've known him since I was eight years old. Amazing. So, T, they're going to draft the fullback eventually. Move the fullback. Make sure you play on third downs, and you'll see what happens. And just stay in the game. And what do you know? I was the first fullback taken in the draft. Then I come to the Saints. Then Sammy sits me down. Damn, we talked about that a year ago. Now this happened. Now you're here. And now this is what we have to deal with. 
They got rid of all these players. It's only 17 players. They're only going to keep so many amount of players. So you have to do this, this, and that. So going into that season, we had guys who were in the league, you know, from 10 years, 11 years, 15 years. We had rookies. We just had a group of guys that all got on the same page. And our coach was he, – he, he would tell you a fib every now and then, but he was a really cool coach, Jim Haslick. You know, he was a former player who would look at you in your face and tell you that the sky is green when we all know it's blue, but he'll make you believe that it could be a little bit of green in the sky. And so after leading us a bunch of hungry dogs like that into a season – we were just, you know, guys would get hurt and that guy step up. When um, Jeff Blake get hurt, Aaron Brooks stepped up. We didn't even know Aaron Brooks was on the team. We used to call him Scandal Cunningham because, you know, it's like, who is Aaron Brooks? And then all of a sudden, Aaron Brooks evolves. And then Aaron Brooks got good. And then Aaron Brooks got really good. And then he became this. And then we just support. And then me and Ricky Williams, we didn't see eye to eye in the beginning. Then next thing you know, me and Ricky is super close. Then all of a sudden, other players start stepping up. Willie Jackson, then Joe Horn became a star. So it was just like everybody had their time to shine. And uh, at the end of the day, it was just every man was there working. When you you was ready to work. When you left the building, you were still ready to work. You know, and, and, and that camaraderie builds. And I think – if I was active, we probably would have lost that game because I didn't play special teams and Brian Mill wouldn't have been on on uh, on the active roster that day. So it all worked out in, in, in great favor because Brian Milne is the one who recovered the fumble on uh, the muff punt. And that was something me and Brian Milne still talks about it. He said, T, I was, I was the lowest man on the totem pole until I recovered that punt. And I said, hey, man, <laughs> just imagine if I was playing, they wouldn't even have you active. So everything has a purpose, and it works for us, I think, for the greater greater cause. And, and to be honest with you, I have, uh, I have uh, my kids. I have kids in New Orleans. I, uh, my, I have family in New Orleans. New Orleans is, like, the best thing that happened to me in my life, to be honest with you, man. The fans there are true fans. And I, I love New Orleans. And uh, – I go there all the time, man. Awesome I still live stuff. there. I go back and forth. Darrell Smith, uh, his memories with the Saints. Mike, what's your, your top memory of your days with the Saints? You know, for a side note, I didn't know T. Smith. You were first fullback taken. So was I. So I followed you again there. <laughs> you learned <laughs> new first things fullback taken in, in, in 2004. But, you know, I, you know, that's, that's, you know, Scott, Darrell, I think that's what makes pro sports so special. Yeah. It's like-minded individuals. You know, I think – you know, when I got to New Orleans, it was it was about carrying on and and uh, you know obviously filling big shoes, but it was it was trying to take the Aints to Saints. You know what I mean? And for so long they've been known as the Aints, right? And and, and I, yeah. I took that personal. I think I think the group of guys, the core group of guys that we had there when I got in there, we wanted to put New Orleans on the map. We really did, and, and Jim Hazlitt did, and the staff did. We wanted we wanted to be about change and. We were able mm-hmm. to do that, and then obviously, you know, all the, and we we and we finished eight and eight in '04, but we had a good group. And then '05, we come in, we got a really good, talented group, you know, core group of guys still. You know, then Hurricane Katrina hits. Um, you know, we had to deal with that, but you know, then we were able to in '06 uh, for me take those core group of guys with the new addition of core group of guys, a group of guys that 
like my guys that wanted to be about the So I think at the end of the day, I'm I'm most proud of of being a part of uh, you know that culture change. I think I think it really did start in 2000. It really did. I mean, we weren't a part of that 09 team, but you know, I think about all you know the, the teams before that that helped build to get to that Super Bowl. It was it yeah the, that team and and um, that staff did a phenomenal job of finally getting it done. But it's all of all it's all the build up to get to that point, right? And I think that uh, a lot mm-hmm. of players can can hang their hat on that and feel proud about being a part of that change uh, and 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 um, you know making a difference. And I think that that's what a lot of us feel that that weren't a part of that is that that we were able to to put put the the New Orleans Saints on the map. I mean, now knows who the Saints are. You couldn't you couldn't you can't say that twenty years you know twenty twenty five thirty years ago. Um, you know, they, they always had to have the Saints on their side, just kind of whatever. They're, they're pretenders. You know, they work, they're a contender now, and they, they've been a contender now for a long time. Um, but I think for me, Scott, at the end of the day, it's just, it's just being a part of that culture change, the right group of guys together that love football, don't like football, but love football. They're all about it. Uh, it it's a paycheck. It, 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 it's, it's, it's something you feel in, in your heart and your mind. This is what you were born to do. Uh, and be a part of, and so I'm I'm very thankful for for that that opportunity. That's awesome stuff. And and I'll add to this. I'll add to this too. When when you start with a team that isn't known as winning, you know, uh, organization, then all the other organizations that haven't won start hiring you. So <laughs> if you look at my resume, uh, the Browns, the original Cleveland Browns, is the new Cleveland Browns didn't win nothing, but. We had we had a thousand yard rusher when I got there for the first time since '85. Then you go to uh, the Cardinals, never been to the Super Bowl, and we mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl. But when when my plane crashed, and uh, I hate to say it that way, but uh, when I went to the Lions, I didn't think we were going to do anything. <laughs> and uh, but what I did do is uh, teach uh, younger players how to become men in the NFL, which is uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, aka Megatron. Uh, now we, we, you know, uh, with my quarterback Matthew Stafford, he, I'm so proud of him. What he become today, you know, it was just we were getting beat down every week in Detroit, but it was just we stood up like men. And what me and Carney are talking about is kind of like where you leave your legacy to other players to pick up. Now look what Matthew Stafford's done. Now look at what Calvin Johnson fits his career in the Hall of Fame. So those are the type of things that, you know, sports transpire and, and, and all the stuff that goes along with it. You're never really a loser if you're making it in the NFL, I'll be honest with you. But in the end, as long as you came to work and worked your butt off, um, it was always uh, special to have, like, teammates like that. If it wasn't teammates that care, you probably got to see a different side of me. And that's not a side you want to see. It, um, you know, every time I talk to to former players and ask them what they miss most, it's never the exact same words, but it's always the same message. Essentially, it's the community, uh-huh. right? The locker room. That's yeah. that they miss more than anything else. And uh, you know, to play fullback in the NFL today means something <laughs> a little different than when you guys played. I want to ask y'all about that. We are visiting with former NFL fullbacks Terrell Smith and. Mike Corny, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll be right back. This is the great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. 
Into the great Scott show. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Joining me now are former NFL fullbacks, Terrell Smith and Mike Carney, Arizona State alums, New Orleans Saints alums, and uh, two guys that are reminiscent about their careers. Great to have them on here. I, I, I didn't forgot to ask you guys when we started. Um, Terrell, I'll let you go first. What, what's your favorite Beastie Boys song of all time? Oh, you already know. Brass Monkey, man. I when that, <laughs> oh man, I think I got in trouble for listening to it because uh, you know I was raised in a uh, house where we couldn't listen to certain stuff, and uh, Brass Monkey, man, that, I was pop locking and you know thinking I could dance and which I can, but oh man, that was just the, that was the one. Brass Monkey and <laughs> it was like the coolest. You know, it was cool, man. It was awesome. What about you, you know, Mike? Got a lot of- you, were, you were just playing it. Sabotage, man. Right. Sabotage. That's one you, you – <laughs> get you, get you yeah. in a certain mode. Get you in a certain mood before you yeah. run out onto the field. You know, I, no doubt. Yeah. Terrell, I, I was asking some young bucks about the Beastie Boys trying to fill them in on, on the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. And he had heard of Brass Monkey, a young guy named Norm – he didn't know the brass monkey was even a drink. He never even had it before. I was like, man, what? yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm just getting old. That's all that told me. Uh, he needs to go to Vegas. You go to Vegas, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> every era. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, what, what, one more music question, Terrell. I don't remember when this was. In the last year or two, I was texting you, and I think you, or maybe this was when we talked on my show. You said you were working on a country song. Is that right? Like, do you are you do you still do you still create some music? Absolutely. I, uh, I've been uh, working on music for quite a bit. I haven't really came out with nothing because due to, I, man, I had, man, let me tell you, man, you guys think The Rock has a lot of stuff going. I had a lot of stuff going, but with all those head injuries, man, I had to push pause to get myself together, rethink about a lot of stuff. Plus, in the music industry, you're like naked. So when what I mean by naked is you got to have like a certain group of attorneys, certain group of you don't get sued for, you know, all kinds of stuff. Just it's, it's just like going out there on the football field with no pads on and everybody's going to hit you or you're going to get flags and all this stuff. So it was just too much for me to handle. But I'm still working on stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, I can sing. Uh, it, it, like singing helps my mental health. So when when it when it comes to mental health, man, I can, like, express my emotions differently because like I said, I was an emotional player, emotional person. So now a bit better, you know, it took a lot losses and a lot of uh, understanding myself because like, like, like I said, when the circus was a lion to go, I was a lion for all those years in the NFL. Now the circus is over and where do, where do I roar at? So I had to like take courses and classes and stuff to re, uh, like to renew my my thought process, and then took a lot of faith building and just a lot of different things. And uh, 
I'm a lot better now. But once I get all this stuff together, I'm going to be putting down some country. Uh, I just want to do one album. I don't even care if it sells. I just want my grandkids to say, man, my papa was a football player and, and he made music. <laughs> so, those are the things in life that uh, you know I look forward to nowadays, man. Well, you know, it's great to hear that uh, that you're doing better, man. And, um, you know, yeah. B- Big T Smeezy, is that going to be the artist's name, or are you going to go by, you know, Terrell Smith? What, what are we thinking here? No, I'm going to go by uh, probably uh, T Smeezy. I'm working on that. With, you know, Edron James, he has a record label now, so he's always like, hey, when you coming down to record, I just, you know, I have to get myself together to do it. And, uh, and making music ain't easy at all. So... It's just a part of uh, your setup, and that's pretty much what I've been waiting on, the right timing. Everything's about timing, and in in my life, it's all about timing, man. Well, uh, music has evolved like everything else, and the fullback position has evolved. Uh, Mike, I'll I'll ask you this first, and then you could toss it to... uh... To, to Terrell, but what what in your mind is the biggest difference in the fullback position in 2022, and not I'll just not even the NFL, just football compared to you know the the late 90s and the first decade of the 2000s when you guys were playing. Well, I'll say this probably they don't make them like us anymore. They don't make them like Terrell and I no more. They really don't. And you look at the college game, you know it's it's gone. That's that's where you're supposed to find guys, right? And if you can't yeah. find them no more, college college game is is all this spread and pistol and and uh, look at the sideline and get a play call and it, it, it's not about three yards in a cloud of dust, no phone booth football anymore. And so there's no smash mouth. It's all zone run blocking, no man blocking hardly at all. And you know it's 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 few and far between trying to find a guy and. You know, there's only a couple in today's game you can you can look at. Maybe one uh, in Baltimore, um, Pat Ricard. You know, who you go, wow, this guy's actually putting his head in someone and trying to move people. Um, but they just don't make them. They don't make them like that anymore. And it's hard to find. Um, you know, back when Terrell and I were coming through, there was, you know, it was probably 28, uh, 32 teams had a roster, and, and and guys that we could look up to and guys that we could you know emulate our game around. You you, you can't do that now. Um, and so I think that it's 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 changed for the worse. I mean, I'm, but I'm always rooting for it. I'm always trying to. I'm hoping, um, and you know, and 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 wishing that they could, we could we could get it back even more. But um, you just you just don't see it. You just don't see it. You see it as 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 it was you know 20 years ago. Uh, you look at Kyle Uzcheck and, and Sam Fran. He's a good player, but I call him Velcro. You know, he's not really trying to put his his head on somebody. You know, he does a good job and getting in front of guys and cutting guys down, but. You know, there's not not many guys that want to get downhill and want to put their put their you know put their hat in there. Uh, so I think it's just it's just the, the the college game has changed, the game of football overall has changed. I think trying to you know take the head out of the game with all the concussion situations, I, I get it. But man, the fans they still I thought you know I I work Rams games as a uniform inspector. I mean, and if the, the fans want it, they still want to see a fullback out there. Um, and yeah. it, it's it's uh, it's hard for me to watch football these days because of that. You just don't see see a guy in there being a sledgehammer. Um, but I think that you know the couple that we have, uh, the one in Baltimore. You know, I I know him really well, Pat. And I talk to him quite often and help him out with some technique and stuff like that. You know, just saying, hey man, you could be the one that kind of you know sets the precedent where guys can kind of go come into the league and say, hey, I want to be the next Pat Ricard. You know, I think that's. 
that that thing, and and hopefully we can can see more of it. But uh, it's not like it was when we were coming through Terrell. That's for sure. No, not at all. I, I would say like it started to change probably around once once all the concussion stuff came out. It started to change. Everybody wants to be the gladiator, but now that you see that the gladiator greatly after he is out of the arena, um, <clears throat> and I was one of them, it, it just it's tough, you know. And so I, I get it, I understand. And nowadays everybody has a, a, a voice and a right, and everybody has something to say. See, when I was playing, I didn't care about what the what the the mouth could do. I want you to see my pain. I want you to see how I'm going to hit you. I want you to see all this stuff. Nowadays, I'd rather talk about it than going and doing it. So, you know, just a different era. And nowadays, football has changed. Some days I can watch it. Some days it makes me want to throw up my dinner and my breakfast. <laughs> but, you know, it's just the blocking is it's the work. It's just like sweet science. You know, um, when I when I got done with football, if it wasn't going to be acting, you know, once my career was over, it was going to be boxing or UFC. But when I realized that certain things cannot take, like, too much of your body, it's going to leave you messed up. So I get it. You know, guys don't want to go in there head first, stick your face in the fan, two-man enter, one-man leave. Uh, I'm going to run through you like you wasn't nothing. You can't play like that no more. So – and then the fines, good God! I mean, the amount of money yeah. they're making is, is great, but the fines, I, I'd be fined every week. I would have to ask the team for a loan every week because I don't have no money. Blocks <laughs> <laughs> that I threw, yeah, like I have pictures of blocks that are so illegal today that it was, you know, that was the technique that they taught when I was playing. You know, you run through. And and he's not going to be there. If he's not going to be there, it means you, you just devastating blocks. And you know, we I talk about that. I, I catch up with Lorenzo Neal every now and then. I talk to Sam Gash. Um, those two right there are uh, are the two that I really looked uh, looked after when I played. You know, uh, me and Lorenzo were more similar. Gash, you know, he was just strictly run run right into you. And Gash wasn't the biggest guy. So those two right there, I still keep in contact with. And we talk about, you know, how the game has changed. And they feel the same way. Just not not many guys are going to do what we did. And I think Pat Ricard in uh, in Baltimore, that, that kid, I think he's uh, – I like him. I like his game. You know, and, yeah. uh, he could do a little bit better with some technique stuff. But other than that, I, I think he's pretty solid, man. You know, I, Terrell Smith and Mike Carney, our guest, this is a great sketch show. I'm Scott Prather, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. I'm glad you brought up, you know, you brought up two guys, Lorenzo Neal and Sam Gash, two greats at that position. Yet, yeah. you know, in, in I guess, the fantasy football era, you ask a lot of people, all-time great fullbacks, not that the guys I'm mentioning weren't great, but they'll bring up, obviously, Mike Allstott or – or Larry Zonka, or or obviously, I mean, Jim Brown, he really was kind of a running back, but technically a fullback. But, you mm-hmm. you know, the mind kind of goes to, well, these guys score touchdowns. These guys carried the ball. Mike Tolbert, that's another mm-hmm. one, because he carries the ball a lot. It's like, you know what, yeah. Lorenzo, uh, former Saint himself, and, and Sam, they, yeah. they, might not have, they might not have touched the ball a lot, but just in terms of classic fullback and what that position yeah. means, the way I think of it, those those two guys are all time greats, right? 
Yeah, well, Scott, there's two types of fullbacks. There's a smash mouth, who, you know, I, I was, and then there is a, uh, you know, uh, a guy who's big and can run the ball. And that's why I never made it to the Pro Bowl because of Mike Allstein. All he, can, he would always get that vote. So I stopped worrying about it. And I said, I know one day I got, I remember getting on my knees and said, God, I know you got a bowl for me to be in, but it might not be the Pro Bowl, but at least it was the Super Bowl. <laughs> there you go. You played you yeah, play in the but, Super Bowl, Mike Cardi and Terrell yeah, Smith, our guests. Well, let me let me yeah. ask you that thing, guys. I'll, let's do a Mount Rushmore of fullback. So what we'll do is we'll do like kind of a snake draft, right? So Terrell, you go. Then Mike, then I'll go, and we'll we'll each pick four, but we can't pick the same one. There is no right or wrong answer. Well, maybe you guys could be the judge of that. I could be wrong. Y'all are the experts. Y'all played the position, but you know, uh, your Mount Rushmore. You know who you think are the all time greats, and and I'll kind of keep tabs here. But Terrell, I'll let you go mm-hmm. first. Who is who is uh, on your Mount Rushmore of fullbacks? Number the, the first guy on the list for you. Uh, I would say at the table uh, for me. It would be we're gonna go back to Jim Brown. He'd be the Mount Rushmore fullback. He's the one that got it started, and I just recently went and visited him. Uh, he's uh, he's looking good, and he's uh, taking one day at a time. That's awesome. So I would go with Jim Brown, big time. Then I would. Go, uh, hey, Terrell, look, I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna shift now. We'll let Mike go, and then I'll yeah. go, and then we'll kind of circle back. Oh, okay, we'll do it okay. That way. All right, Mike, who you got? Terrell, I missed him uh, one or two of them. Lorenzo Neal for sure. He's, we talk about Smash Mouth. We talk about a guy that that really took took that position to the next level from the standpoint of blocking. Uh, there's no one. I mean, what 17, 16, 17 years, uh, four-time yeah. Pro Bowler. I mean, first team All-Pro what two or three times. I mean, yeah. I mean that guy. That guy is a guy I looked up to, idolized, used to work out with in the off season. Coming up, he was like my mentor. So. Yeah, uh, he, that guy don't. He, he, Lorenzo does not get enough credit for what his career. Absolutely, I agree. And I would have, I would have picked uh, Lorenzo as well. But I, just, I knew I'll, Mike would do it. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to save the other guy you pick. I'll go. I'm going to go Larry Sinners with my first pick. I remember him. Oh, that's a good just, one. That's a you good know, one. the Cardinals weren't the best of teams at the time, but every time they were on national TV, and I would see the guy play. Whether he has or not, he was always impacting the game in a major way. Uh, and then I'll uh, I'll roll with, um, gosh, I guess I mean I no I don't I don't want to do that. Let's go with uh, how about I'll go old school. I'll go I'll go Larry Zonka. So I'll do I'll do two I'll do a couple, couple of Larrys there. I'll go Larry and Larry, and then we'll pass it back up snake draft to you, Mike. So you got Lorenzo Neal. Who else is on your Mount Rushmore here? Uh, Max Strong up in Seattle. I thought he was another, another one. Yeah, another one that was just a just a blockhead. Fourteen years leading the way up in Seattle. Sean Alexander, another guy I know really well personally. Great guy, great career. Quiet, right? Real quiet, quiet career. But yeah. man, what a strong career he had. Another guy I watched a lot of tape on. Uh, just play Max Strong for sure. I had two picks, uh, and there's plenty to choose from. Oh yeah, I would say uh, Tony Richardson. Yeah, that's another one. He, yeah, he, he had a weird way of uh, of technique, but you would think he's not gonna hit you hard, and yeah, he his technique was quick. He had a quick pop, man, 
and then he catched the ball turn and it was it was devastating. And a lot of folks, you know, and and these are all guys outside of myself because I do put myself up there and I put Mike Carney up there. there you go. I, so I, I do as well. You guys that. are excluded. Y'all are one in one. So, <laughs> so. I would I would say a guy a lot of people don't talk about, but he did a lot for a guy named Terrell. Not Terrell Smith as myself, but Terrell Davis, Howard Griffin. He was oh, a Howard yeah. Griffin, great, great pick, great number twenty nine. Yeah, yeah, he knows how to. Yeah, he knew how to that flow, and he knew how to chop the backside down, and it was no one there when he when the cutback came, and that's how really that's how they won at least the Super Bowl. Um, I know uh, John Elway gets you know, the biggest one where he dives in. But if it wasn't for Griffith block, none of that would have happened. So you got to put Howard Griffith in. Love it. Love it. Very underrated. One of the key cogs to those Denver Super Bowl teams. All right, Mike, who, uh, who's number three on your list here? Another guy up in Green Bay, William Henderson. I don't think he got enough credit either. I think William did a phenomenal yeah. job. He, he, was, he, he was, man, he, he like 13, another guy, 13, 14 years. I mean, another guy mm-hmm. came come out of college. I was watching a lot of in, in Green Bay. Uh, he was versatile, catch catch the ball, but man, he 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 could he, he could put it on you too. You know, he had no problem putting. And it another down. thing, why why these guys played so many years is because they wasn't they wasn't getting paid a lot of money doing yeah. that crazy no. job either. So when when we came in, around, they did at that time, yeah, yeah, <laughs> around ninety nine two thousand. That's when the money changed, and they said, "Hey, I might as well play five, six more years." And you know, Lorenzo Neal, he just he took it all away, and so just amazing, man. All right, um, I'm gonna roll with uh, Sam Gash. We mentioned him earlier. Yeah. Always thought he yeah. was he was just amazing, and you know, people might give us flack. I know we haven't you know gone with the traditional. Um, I guess, you know, Mike Allstott's or, or, or Daryl Johnston's or Tom Rathman's yet. But like we said, you know, you guys kind of like the guys that get down and dirty. I, I think a guy that, and, and y'all would, y'all could speak better on this than I could, but a guy that played a long, um, Corey Schlesinger, he would, yeah, uh, the, the way the, the guys yeah. that he blocked for, I mean, Barry Sanders, obviously yeah. you know, he did his thing. But uh, mm-hmm. to, to play his whole career in Detroit, maybe he didn't get noticed as much. When you're playing yeah. for, you know, when you're blocking for one of the all-time greats and you you, you stay as long as you do, uh, you know, it's kind of turned into underrated all-time. But I think these guys are all-time greats at that position. So he'll be my last one on my Mount Rushmore, Corey Schlesinger. And I'll put, I'll, now I'll put this group of names out there that, uh, you know, that I saw I look at. Corey, he was an awesome Fullback. I liked him a lot. I liked his game. He was, you know, a big burly guy with all the pads on. But then you had Moran Norris. He was in front of, uh, yeah. and then you had Fred Beasley. Um, he was a good one. And then you had, uh, uh, what's his name? The young fella. Uh, he recently returned to go. Um, Vontae Leach. Vontae Leach. Vontae Leach. Now I remember going to Green Bay, and uh, this was before Aaron Rodgers it was Aaron Rodgers himself. He was just the practice squad, Aaron Rodgers. And uh, they were going to sign me up in Green Bay, but we couldn't get a deal done. And that's when I met Vonta Leach. And he was like, man, how do you play like that, man? Why are you so angry all the time? I said, man, if you want to play this game a long time, you got to put your emotions into that position if you're going to play it. Some guys don't have to because they have what Mike Allstott has, but I don't have that. So if you don't have that, you need to play the position this type of way. And it looked like he must have did it. 
we did. got we got Absolutely. one one more pick each. And Devontae Leach was kind of on my list here, but uh, I didn't. Uh, yeah. he's, he's still out there. So Mike, you got one more pick, and then and then Terrell, you you rounded up with your Mount Rushmore. Who you got, Mike? I'm 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 gonna go with uh, the guy I blocked for Emmett Smith, uh, Moose Johnston. There you go. Uh, I think I think you know in the, in the early you know early mid nineties that run and um, Moose. You know, I thought he was just a you know, he was kind of the him and Tom Rathman, right? They 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 were kind of like the the guys that kind of took the position to the, to that next level where fullbacks were were not just carrying the ball all the time, right? Not the Jim Taylor Zonka did. You know, they were blocking people. You know, they were having to catch the ball. But I, I love I love Moose's game game, and I thought that you know I I love I love that clip the day Emmett Smith breaks the all time rushing record, breaks Walter Payton's record. Moose Johnson, I think, is working the game on the sideline. I think the sideline rated guy, you know, Emmett goes over there and, and, and shares a moment with him and starts crying. Uh, I think that was, uh, to me, it, it showed what what he meant to Emmett. You know, uh, Emmett knew the, the sacrifice that, 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 that our position had to make every day you know, in practice and games to make, to make mm-hmm. the running backs, you know, who, who they are. You know what I mean? And so... I think that that relationship, you know, I think, you know, Terrell's already talked about it, you know, staying in touch with the guys you block. I still stay in close contact. I know you do too, Terrell, with, you know, with Deuce and I do with yeah. Reggie. I do with, uh, you know, Steven yeah. Jackson. Those guys, they know, they know what we had to do, yeah. right, for them to to uh, to get the yards they had to get. But uh, Moose Johnson, I think he's <laughs> definitely on my list. All yeah, right. Absolutely. Terrell, you got one and, more uh, pick here. Yeah, and before I go with my last pick, I would I would add more to what Mike was saying. I, me and Edrin, we go everywhere, all over the world together. And a lot of folks ask me, "Can I talk to him or can I take a picture with him?" And I say, uh, "I'm not his security." <laughs> and, uh, a lot of people say, "Man, yeah, we thought you were, we thought you was his security." And and it's just like yeah. when I go to schools and talk to kids, I ask them. Who uh, you know, Mikowski, Ricky Williams, Edwin James, Ruben Jones, William Green, Lee Suggs, all these star running backs, and they like, yeah, we heard them. And I said, thank you because that means I've done my job well because you've never heard of me, but you've heard of all those players. And my last guy I would pick who taught me a lot, and I talk to him still to this day, Maurice Carthon, won two Super Bowls. He's a little old school. Mean is coaching the, in the book. A lot of guys don't like playing for him. But guess what? He taught me a lot. You know, and, uh, you know, I just, I have to give thanks to a lot of coaches. Dave Atkins taught me a lot. Um, uh, Kennedy Pola. A lot of a lot of good coaches I had in my day, man. And uh, I would say Maurice Carthon was, a, you know, a knock knockout a knockout artist, man. I watched a lot of his old films growing up, and I always used to like the New York Giants because of Lawrence Taylor. And on offense, he played just violent, just like Lawrence Taylor. And so Maurice Carthon would be my last pick. And I would say I would add a little to Tom Rathman because he taught me. He told me a story when I first got into the league. He said, all I ever wanted is to retire a million dollars in my bank account. And I said, Rand, you probably got a whole lot. <laughs> and, and, and just, some of the stories I have, man, I, I need to start, like, uh, making a cartoon or a comic book or something about the stories that I have from, you know, meeting all the guys. 
outstanding. And like I said, I still visit Jim Brown. I visited him last week, uh, Father's Day week, and uh, we spent a lot of time together. We're very close. He means a lot to me. He's been a father figure for, to me, helped me, and a mentor. And a lot of things that uh, uh, go on in life, uh, you know, Jim Brown fought for. And uh, I got to carry that legacy on, man. He always told me I was special. I was different. And that's probably why I'm doing this interview because uh, he means a lot to me, man. So uh, he's doing he's doing the best he can right now, and he looks good. That's great. So, he's an icon. Shout out to Big Jim. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's an icon. He's one of the greatest football players yeah. of all time. But as you said, Terrell, he's so much more than that, uh, and his impact that he's he's left on the world. Well, if I end up putting these selections online at some point, uh, if you get a bunch of mentions from upset Bucks fans, just mute them, ignore them, don't worry about it. I like the list. I think I think we know I think it's what Mike awesome. Allstein can do. Yeah, yeah, um, great stuff. All right, uh, one more segment this morning. We've been visiting with um, fullbacks Terrell Smith and Mike Carney. Many of you listening know them from their time with the Saints. Uh, they both had great NFL careers, both played at Arizona State. They're going to join me again next week. It's not going to be a football segment. We're going to draft uh, the best TV shows of all time. That'll be fun. But up next, one more segment with them this morning. We're going to talk about uh, the craziest teammate that they ever had in their career. I And uh, we heard Terrell filling us in a little bit on what's happening in his life. We'll, uh, we'll catch up with Mike on that end as well. Don't go anywhere. This is The Great Scott Show on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. We'll be right back right after this. Into the great Scott show, ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. This has been a blast. One more segment. I, I, I just, you know what? Maybe from now on, June 23rd, every year on my show, will just be fullback appreciation day. These guys left their blood, sweat, tears out on the field, sacrificed their body, did a lot during their time in the league. We're talking with Terrell Smith and uh, Mike Carney, two guys who have uh, been nice enough to come on my show in the past and Kind of reconnect on the air, which has been really cool. And uh, guys, I, I again, I mean it. I, I appreciate the time, and I, I can hear the passion in your voice when you talk about your time playing. So I, I'm going to ask you to maybe talk about a teammate or two, uh, Terrell. You know, a lot of your teammates might have described you as the craziest guy in the locker room, um, and they, they meant it That's as a compliment, right? Right. So you can't, similar to the Mount Rushmore topic, you can't pick yourself. Um, who was uh, in your your decade in the NFL? Who was the craziest you ever had? Uh, I would probably say it was. Uh, I remember we had a linebacker that was uh, with with the Saints. Um, yeah, that's a tough one, given the fact, uh, you know. Um, uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's a tough one for me. I would say probably uh, Keith Mitchell was a different guy. He wasn't so. 
he wasn't so like aggressive crazy, but he was more of a uh like a yoga master. That's and it. he yeah. He was yeah, he was like he wasn't like Bruce Lee or like he was just different. Like it was a lot that went on in his head, but when he played on Sunday, man, this dude was good, man. I was like, Wow. And today, now today he's a world renowned yoga master. Yep. So yep. I would say uh, Keith Mitchell was one it was. It wasn't like a wild crazy. It was a good crazy. Like sure. he, he was. He withheld it within, and and the, you know the Zen master and all that. But at the end of the day, I said, man, is that, that's some kind of craziness you got there, man. And yeah, he agreed with it. And uh, but he keeps it controlled. And that's what it like because you know, I was pretty uh, tough to match. Other than Kyle Turley, everybody knows my oh, boy Kyle Turley. Man. Yes, Kyle Turley, and he was my next door neighbor at oh. my ranch here in Riverside. Yeah, so we lived in the same neighborhood. So just imagine those stories, boy. I, I, I would love but. to hear more of them. That's and <laughs> I can see Terrell, Kyle Turley, and Sammy Knight knowing each other from childhood, and then oh, hanging in, looking at you guys like, "What yeah. did I get myself into with you guys?" Jeez. Yeah, Sammy will be here <laughs> next week, actually. But uh, awesome. it's just funny because Kyle was my neighbor, and we used to have like a a light lick contest which means like when he's on his back patio uh hanging out i'm on my back patio we would flicker the lights i would do it twice he'd do it four times and then i'll do it maybe eight times his wife said you guys are just nuts <laughs> it would go it. back and forth for like an hour flicker the lights just to see you know hey i'm over here i got you i love you brother you know <laughs> awesome awesome stuff and you know i'm glad you, you said keith mitchell it's funny i i i got the opportunity to interview a lot of former saints kind of in the early portion of the pandemic and that's when i talked to you terrell terrell but you know, Keith, he was he was working on a book, and you mentioned it. He was this celebrity yoga instructor out in Beverly Hills. Man. And I asked him, you know, who's the craziest teammate you had? And I'll be honest, I don't I don't remember what he said. They all said Mark Fields was one of the funniest. Uh, and Mark, Mark was funny yeah. when I interviewed him. But when we, when we stopped recording, and I don't think Keith would even mind me sharing this, he said, you know, the truth is, guy, it probably was me. I mean, I, I might have been the craziest guy in the locker room. I was pretty wild back then. So... The fact that you went straight to Keith but mentioned sort of the Zen aspect of it. I mean, he, he essentially admitted as much to me, so I think that's a good call. Yeah, because it would be like he's educated. He's, uh, you know, he got pretty white teeth, dark dude with pretty white teeth. And, you know, he got <laughs> all of this. And you would think, you know, hey, you know, a girl's father wouldn't mind you dating him until you understand all your yoga stuff, man. I went to one of his yoga classes i couldn't even move after it like i was just <laughs> i was stuck in my position you know and it was funny but he, he he does a great job with it and he goes all over the world and uh it's it's awesome what he's doing but not for me not for you yeah no you you you're put leave the yoga there i'll do the the flicker and light contest with kyle um, all right, uh, Mike Carney. Uh, Mike, who was the craziest teammate you ever had during your career? The craziest uh, by far. I was teammates with for one year in 08 was Jeremy Shockey. The guy was an absolute madman. On the field, uh, he would sit next to me in an in install, offensive install. He wouldn't have a playbook out. He wouldn't have anything out. He had a big old dip in. He was, he was reeking of, of marijuana. 
You could smell the beer <laughs> on his breath, right? He would be sitting there. He'd be talking trash about Sean Payton's scheme. Oh, this place sucks. You should, we shouldn't run this play. He'd be sitting there talking to me the whole meeting. I'm like, okay, uh, you know, Sean, you guys were together in, in New York. I get it. You guys got a cool relationship, whatever. I'm trying to. I'm trying to still make it in this, you know, I'm, you know, I'm in my fifth year, but hey, man, I'm still trying to be here. He, he was, he was crazy. He'd go out all night. He, he'd yeah. gamble. He would do his, he would go out and do his thing, right? Other tight ends would try to do the same thing. They'd come in late, get in trouble, get fined. And we'd have to tell him, hey, you ain't Jeremy Shockey. Jeremy Shockey's Jeremy Shockey. He's got a rhyme yeah. to his reason, a reason. He's got a method to his madness. Absolutely crazy. On the field, man, he had no problem talking trash to anybody. He didn't care who you were. He was going to say something to you. But I'd say he was by far one of the craziest. The other one was Stephen Jackson was actually crazy. Really? He was crazy. <laughs> carrying really? the ball. Oh, my Lord. I remember him in, in San Fran pointing across the, the line of scrimmage at one of the defensive backs. I can't remember his name. But I don't know if there was something about a girl or whatever or something. But, man, <laughs> he was sitting there. I'm in, I'm in my stance, and we're, we're – Mark Bolger's getting ready to call the play. You know, he's calling the, the, the cadence, and, and he's pointing at him, saying, I'm coming for you, right? I'm coming for you. Like, pointing at him, like, during the play. It's like a total – like, you know, I thought we were watching the program or something, like a movie of Alvin Mack. Yeah, that's over a girl. Hey, yeah, when they yeah. point him out like that, that's over a girl. He, he was – tell you what, he, he, he was a madman running the ball. Um, but by far, I wouldn't say he was the craziest. I know, I know Terrell is going to laugh when he hears this name. Fred McElvey was by far no. – I think overall, just like I don't, I, I'm not talking crazy like Terrell Smith crazy, but this crazy <laughs> with all the jokes, right? Everything he'd be making fun of people in stretch lines. He'd be getting yeah. up doing skips during stretch line. He had a, he, every day Fred Backerby was doing something crazy. There was never a dull moment with Fred Rockwell. Oh, Mike! If when I was there in New Orleans, man, it was comedy hour, man. We they comedy everybody hour. was like it crazy was comedy though, right? I mean, it was, yeah. He it was every day, all the time. There was never a moment that Fred let go by. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Aaron, remember Aaron Stecker Scott played running back. Yep, played, yep, you know, he played for the you know, five uh -huh. years. He, he lives out here in Newport. Aaron and I are very close still, and and him and Freddie are very close. And I remember, I think it was in 2005. This is before Katrina. Uh, Aaron got voted uh, sexiest man in the NFL. <laughs> and Fred, Fred McAfee took made he made he must have made a thousand copies of that article with his face on it, and Fred McAfee put it on every part <laughs> of the locker room, locker all, everyone's cubby hole, the the urinal stalls, the <laughs> bathroom stall, uh, on the mirrors in the bathroom, down the hallway, and all the meeting rooms. I've never fast seen that so. Fast Freddie, man, he, he he took the time to go make a thousand copies of Aaron Stecker's face, and he put it plastered all over the facility. It's, and the, the best part about it was watching Aaron run around trying to take them all down, getting all being all bad, flustered. <laughs> and Freddie's like, "What's what's wrong? What's wrong, Steck? What's wrong? <laughs> Why yeah. everybody see your pretty face, man? Come on, you're the sixth man in the NFL. I love, it. I love just, it. Just and now, and now Fred's going into the Saints Hall of Fame. He, yes, I mean, he's been he working God for the team. Him, uh, you know, he's yeah. been there. He's one of those guys who's just always. I mean, I remember watching Fred McAfee in the early '90s. And then on yep, the Saints, yeah. and then he went to Pittsburgh, and then he came back to the Saints, and you know was was yeah. still doing his thing, and he was on that 06 team, and yeah, he always, um, anytime the cameras were on, it was like the guy was performing. I just always thought it was really yeah. funny. Yeah, 
I, re- I remember the first day I met Fast Freddie. He was uh, he came and he was like, "Yeah, I'm the new running back, but I ain't gonna play running back." I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, I won't get one snap. I'm gonna be the first running back to ever not get one snap. I play special teams." Yeah. I said, "How old are you, man? You were what, 24, 24, 25?" He said, "Man, I'm 33. I've been in the league 12 years." I was like, "Wow!" <laughs> and uh, yeah. yeah, he's still there. But uh, me and Fast Freddie been close for years and. You know, it just, uh, man, it's just a blessing to know all these guys and to catch up, man. You got me almost in tears over here to know all the memories <laughs> and how hard it was. You know, because we had to work hard to stay together. And, 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 no doubt. and the NFL is not easy at all, man. It's, it's not one day that goes by that is easy. It's harder and harder daily. So, it, you know, and then to play the position that we did, because I didn't have talent. Like like Mike Carney, I had talent of of anger. Like I was a, like a wrestler, a UFC fighter playing football. That's how I felt, you know. And uh, over the years, uh, just a lot of wear and tear on my body, man. I might be forty four, but I feel like I'm sixty some days. Some days I may get, you know, forty five or something like that. But most of the days, your, your body hurts, and you, I still work out and still do the same stuff. I can't stop, you know. You can take the gladiator out the arena, but you can't take the arena out the gladiator, man. And so uh, I always welcome uh, to do these type of interviews. Brings back great memories and positive stuff in life. And uh, I really appreciate Scott uh, putting this together, man. I look forward to doing many more. And once I get my albums ready, uh, I'll send I'll you a check and you're going to be You'd be happy. Can't wait, man. Can't <laughs> wait. Terrell Smith, is, uh, you have been our guest today. I Last thing, Terrell, on, as we wrap up this segment, you mentioned that in 2000, um, which real quick, I remember Fred McAfee had a long run on a fake punt, and he, he was showing off for like the rest of the season about it, claiming he had the longest run of the season. It was really funny, <laughs> which technically he did for a little while. Um, but uh, – you guys, you said you because Aaron Brooks got traded kind of like in the preseason, maybe it was like a late edition, and Jeff mm-hmm. Blake got hurt. And you said, what, what, what did before he played? What were y'all calling him? Is something a risk? Scandal Cunningham. Scandal Cunningham. Scandal Cunningham. God, I don't know why that's I so funny. That. I caught on to that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So reason why it's Scandal Cunningham because first of all you ain't Randall and you know back then brothers you know put uh, Randall Cunningham on the he, you know he's like Hall of Fame first to do it all and uh, and I used to hate Randall Cunningham because he used to uh, do it all and beat my Giants every year so when and Fast Freddy came we came up with the name together so great. I can't oh. I can give him credit but I can't give him all the credit and I said man that, that's man he's scandalous out there he said yeah Scandal Cunningham. <laughs> did, did Aaron think it was funny? Like, did he appreciate it? Uh, Maybe he not. laughed at it. He laughed Maybe with not. us, but <laughs> in the beginning, he didn't. He didn't know what to do. Oh, it, I'm sure <laughs> he was trying to make sure the team. That's good stuff. So, yeah, I'm sure it did. But that was funny, man. We called him Scandal Cunningham until he became the starter. He was, you know, because he came out of nowhere. We was like, man, who's this dude? And uh, yeah, he started throwing. Cause we had uh, Billy Joe. Corbett, Billy Joe Tolliver. We had uh, every Billy Joe your name we had on yeah, the team. Billy Joe. And, yeah, and then uh, they got gone, and then uh, Jake Del Homme. Jake, Jake's, Jake Jake's a Del friend Home, of mine. Yeah. You know, Jake's from right here yeah. in Lafayette. He, I, I was talking to Jake just the other day, so yeah. I'll, uh, I'll tell He's him. He's doing horses or something now. Yeah, yeah. He, I ran he, into he, him at a- 
he owns racehorses. He really loves that. Yeah. And um Yeah, he told me. I ran into him at a, a Peyton Manny party, uh, which is just full of jokes, man. So, you know <laughs> Yeah the live and just to go on and I went to the Hall of Fame last year with Edrin. It was just like I was in the Hall of Fame, man. And uh that was like the pinnacle of uh of what I did from two thousand to two thousand ten and Man, just a lot of years went by, and I just couldn't couldn't believe that. I someday I look, I can't believe I had that job, man. You know, but at the end of the day, that's what I wanted to do, and that's all I ever did was play football. So, you know, and uh, hats off, and to meet great guys like yourself and and Mike, and uh, Mike, we got to swap numbers, man. I hacked your number, man. I got to get it. But uh, now you now we do. You got to stay in touch. Yep. Absolutely. Guys, um, man, awesome, this is uh, this has been awesome. Um, look forward to to doing a little non sports thing with y'all in a little bit on on best shows ever. But but for today's segment, we'll wrap it up. Fullback appreciation. Um, I appreciate everything you guys did in your career, and, and I really appreciate y'all taking the time to come on and reminisce and uh, just kind of look back on your your time in the league and and what that position kind of was and currently is and. I'm glad, uh, Terrell, that, that, that you're doing better. And, Mike, uh, every time I, yeah. I, I message with you, man, you always seem to be doing well with you know, your family and your real estate stuff. So uh, wishing you guys nothing but the best. Appreciate it, Thanks for having us on, man. All right, my man.